Good evening, listeners. You've not joined the darts. This is the two peas, and this is our pod. Good evening, Ben. <laughs> evening, mate. How are you? I am very well, my friend. How well? How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not too bad at all. I've got my Edna Thiepkin book, so I'm very, very happy. Do you know something funny happened today? Did it? Yeah, Ben Chambers, um, massive Imperial player held joshua and he just screamed the entire time until i took him back he knew he knew that there was no <laughs> darkness within that man's soul <laughs> so listeners i am clearly full of chaos tonight so we are going to start with the hobby desk and both of us have been doing some stuff um although ben tends to post more pictures of it um and get more grumpy about the quality of those pictures boom oh, don't even <laughs> Then, into the Galaxy of War. What have you got for the Galaxy of War this week, Ben? Girly We've got an dudes FAQ. With long hair. Oh, the FAQ, of course. Yes, we yeah. should talk about the FAQ. And then, into the Mortal Realms, which is mostly full of water. So we'll be talking about Sumidnef Deepkin for the Mortal Realms, as well as, yet again, our upcoming... Um, foray into tournaments and the fact that i've gone really original and i'm painting some more corn <laughs> and <laughs> then it's the community we've got a shout out to do for an awesome sounding event that's going on down in plymouth and um, ben will run you through the calendar as well because he knows where to find it on the website and um lastly Such a muppet <laughs> i am a muppet I am a mother. And lastly, uh, we go into the wilds. And there's a little thing about Star Wars during the rounds, isn't there? So it'd be nice to yeah. talk about that, as well as some other bits and bobs that we've seen uh, across the last couple of weeks. So, thank you for joining us. You know what to do. Grab some refreshment. <laughs> hey, what are we going to do? We should do like the Two Peas branded beer or something, shouldn't we? I hope you haven't stopped recording. I, of course I've not stopped recording. We're a podcast. We just record our lives and then edit it for what we want to give to the listeners each week. <laughs> it's like Peter Griffin and his own personal theme tune. Woohoo! Right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm off to get some Two Peas Cola. We'll see you on the Hobby Desk. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 22's Hobby Desk. Um, we've both been pretty busy this last couple of weeks, haven't we? I feel like I've got through a fair bit. When actually. you say we've both been busy, I've painted a single miniature. No, you've started on that horde of um, Muppets. <laughs> well, I've been <laughs> I've been working on Jim Henderson's The Christmas Carol, clearly. Well, that's what they look like, did not they? <laughs> the, the sort of banana-headed weirdos. Banana-headed weirdos. Yeah. You should paint them yellow. You'd be the first person to have a cool blood letter army in yellow. Has anyone ever done that? I That must have happened. I'm that sure would look it amazing. has happened. Their heads, I've got this their kind heads of, look like bananas. I've got this kind <laughs> of weird thing now of like, do a few of them yellow, make them like a, 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 a rhino transport that looks like a banana and have the banana splits corn. Oh, my days. <laughs> <laughs> just been brilliant. Maybe not. Right, anyway, oh. that's enough insulting of me. You know, I just <laughs> go out there, try and do the hobby I love, and you're like, boom! You're an idiot! I don't know what's yeah. going on! 
Uh, come on. Another 30... Whatever Dude, they're they'll called. never look like, as funny as you do if you stick your head up and back and take a photo. Like, Oh, that was so funny. So it's <laughs> like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> right, isn't there something to do with, like, Warhammer we're supposed to be talking about? No. No, just the banana splits no. and beard hair then. <laughs> right, so <laughs> should we talk about... So, um, Come on, what have you been doing? You've been doing your Escher. I have been doing my Escher. Um, so my Escher bothered me for a little while because I really wanted to do the Morbid Mavens. Oh, yeah. Um, which is one of one of the sample... We, we've spoken about this loads, but one of the sample photos that they put out right when they released the Escher. Um, and they're a, a blackened sort of bony cream colour. Um, and then he'd face-painted the... Um, like um, like a skull face paint, like you get from like the Mardi Gras or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first see it, you think, "Oh, that'd be really cool. I can do that." And my brush control is good enough to do that. And then when I got the model, I was like, "What kind of demonic entity is this person who painted that?" Because <laughs> the detail, <laughs> the, the faces are tiny. Um, so after some umming and ahhing, and um, with a lot of to and from in between our little painting group. Um, I, I had the, a sort of really good face paint I'm probably going to do for Halloween one year where they, it was like a white background with streaking black across the face. It looks really, really good. But I don't think I'd have been able to pull it off on a miniature without it looking a bit weird. Um, so in the end, I, while I was searching for face paint, I came across some really cool clown ones. Um, and then that, Escalated quickly onto. The Joker. Wouldn't it look cool if they were, yeah, if they were the Joker? Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Or oh, that's what I've done. Uh, purple and green. I've done purple again. <laughs> yeah. So I've got and green. Purple <laughs> and green. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you sure you didn't just carry on? You just <laughs> batch painting the Goblin team. <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> that's how you pick colors game. Yeah, that and I've actually found um um the colour that I was meant to be using for the for the base coat of the goblins and is it Nagaroth? Let me just Yeah, uh, Nagaroth Knight. Nagaroth Knight, that's the one I should have been using rather than um you know Xerxes. The other one. No word oh for goodness sake. Demonette Hide, which is what I use for um for the Blood Bowl. It's it's a different tone. I think the Blood Bowl one is lighter, and that's possibly better for the for the Blood Bowl. But, um, yeah. What I- planet were you on when you looked at Demonette Hide and thought that was the base colour for a dark purple? Because I couldn't find another purple base coat. I, I didn't I didn't have Nagaroth Knight in my head at all. I thought it was a blue. Uh, and then I opened I it, I was like, oh, no, that's that's purple. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um Fair enough. Uh, I'm still kind. Of, I'm still kind of working on the old paints when it comes to some of the colours, if you know what I mean. Um, and I, I kind of suppose I put Nagroth Knight as Nightshade, which was a really, really dark blue. Yeah. Very strange colour, wasn't it? That. Yeah. Because it was quite whack, quite waxy. It wasn't the same as the other paints. I also think it was one of those that was like, "Yeah, I'm a blue. I'm a blue. No, I'm a purple in your face." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I found, I've actually found them quite challenging. 
to do their faces. They don't. They just don't. Fo- I have. We talked. You mentioned it. I can't get them to photograph well. Yeah, but you just—it's because you're zooming in to show the face, but then when you zoom in, it it just goes a bit mad, mm. doesn't it? You even humphed at me down the flipping messenger. Well, I kind of had an inkling that the photograph wasn't good because it's one of the drawbacks of posting everything that we do on Facebook is that, or on, on Twitter and Instagram is that you can kind of gauge how good your model is by the reaction. And when I posted the first one, it was very slow kind of reaction. And I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's too much of a cliche. Maybe the Joker trope was a bit done or forced and people didn't like it. And then I was looking at it and I thought, it just doesn't, actually the photo doesn't do it justice. So I actually, I pulled out that white dwarf article. Um, is it from around Christmas? Yeah. About how to photograph your models. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look at that properly. And um, thing is that when you paint, you don't want to be photographing your models every day, do you? Not with a setup like that. No. So you have to you have to kind of settle for your mobile phone. I suppose, well, it doesn't matter. Um, so I'm quite happy. Then there's six of them done now. Um, I've done something different with those because there's ten of them. And I brought them all up to sort of shade. And then I'm sort of working on them in ones and twos because I've done a lot of... All of their hair greens are different tones of green. Yep. To, and all of their skin tones are different tones. So um, almost there's only... Th- I think one skin tone is replicated three times. But that's the most. Um, to try and get a, a nice variety across the unit. Um, and... Uh, as a result, I've been sort of doing one or two at a time, which I don't normally do. And then as soon as they're done, you, you obviously need to get another box and all the new weapons. Yeah, well, what I should probably do is get the box and get the weapons. And then as I create gangers with them, construct them and paint them. Because um, they're possibly the only gang I'm going to do that with for the foreseeable future until they've released them all and I can choose. Because I always did Escher. Escher were always the gang that I did. Until they did Redemptionists, and then I did those. Um, but um, I was going to do my Goliath with, um, like the face, the, like the uh, baseball furies from Warriors. Mm-hmm. So with f- face paint again, it's like a can't get away from face paint. <laughs> but um, I've actually sort of thought, well, why am I going to spend all that time on those when they're not going to be my gang? They're going to be there as a for somebody else to use. So um I'll probably just do them. Just leave yeah, do a little bit base more basic. Yeah. Um other than that, I whacked out the Rackham Rackham? Ramshackle, sorry. Ramshackle middle um that they kindly sent us um for my Outlands gang. Um I've called them the cult of the beautiful apocalypse. Yeah. Full of mutants and. Oh, oh, oh. Are any of them going to be armed with the new, um, what is it called? Relic weapon? Um, (laughs) no. I've got, (laughs) I've got to earn that. You've got to get get enough, um, yeah. So to fill everyone in, um, Shades of Chaos games, um, periodically release a relic weapon that you can, you can purchase, um, by playing games effectively, so it's it's not money driven at all. 
And um, I've done one called the... Oh, the Jolly Slapper, yours? you call us yours. The Jolly Slapper, yeah. What, 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 what's, what's the one you created called then, Dan? It's called the Wolf Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Excellent. So if you're um, if you're into Outlands, then the Wolf Slayer is available, courtesy of Mr. Jolly. <laughs> oh, no, it's not um, even called that. I don't know why I've said that. It's called the Slayer of Wolves, but I got the right oh, idea. Um, oh, that this feels like there should be something else on our hobby, on my hobby desk. Not knitted anything this think. week or done any crochet? I got the uh, Dwarves and the Skaven. Oh, for for Shadespire. Um, yeah, because I, I didn't get them because I thought, well, if, if I get them, I need to paint them, which is true. Yes. But um, but then I've been playing Marcus and he's been playing with the dwarves and he's been thoroughly whooping my ass at it. So I figured the cards are important too. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it's funny you mention that because I was thinking about this the other day because I, I played some Shadespire a couple of days ago against Ben. And, um, yeah, I lost real bad with my new, newly finished group of dudes. And I hadn't bothered really building a deck. I just took some cards and I thought, but then I was kind of like, well, I'm not in a place right now where I want to spend, well, say with, because, you know, with a bit of discounts, 15, so say 60 odd quid buying four groups of models that haven't got a place in my painting schedule right now. Yeah, but you, so, you don't um, need to paint them. No, you don't need to paint them, but you might want to paint them. And they then, if you want to paint them, they might be sat in the back of your mind going, <laughs> paint me, fool. And then that's just too and, much. Uh, it breaks me. None, none of the, uh, none of the Shades by events, and I think including the Grand Clash at Warhammer World, have required them to be painted. Well, no, and I should hope not, really. That's unusual, though. Yeah, but it, it the thing is, though, it's marketed along the lines of like you don't have to paint exactly them. Yeah, so yeah. it would then be a bit i don't think it would fit really no i think i think it's a good idea i've just remembered what it was that um was at the start of this two weeks hobby desk was my balls uh. and gubbins <laughs> for uh for my goblin team <laughs> which took me so much longer than i thought they would. i love the one you did the <laughs> snotling dressed as a ball Oh, he's a he's a sod to get on the base. I'm going to put him on a different base. I'm going to mount him on a penny, I think, because he is a, he's a right sod to fit on the base when the goblin's on. Yeah, I don't even know how you do it. So I'm going to put him on like a, a penny piece, I think. So it's got a bit of weight to yeah, it. That's a good idea. Because um, I've I've tried all the balls. The balls fit, but they've got some crazy ass balls. Once there's one stuffed with explosives. It's is just there? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That's brilliant. Um, and there's one that sort of deflates, so to confuse the people. <laughs> and I can never be bothered it. putting the pegs in. I just use the one without a peg and drop it on the base. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you could do that, but um, you don't. Yeah, you could do that. In fact, I've got some of the older ones that are, are quite nice too, but um, I've, I've done the pegs. So, so good, sir. Um, your hobby desk. So my hobby desk. I can't remember when we recorded last. Had I finished 
I don't think I had. Had I finished the Blood Reavers? No, I was still working on them. Not the Blood you, Reavers. Yeah, you were, hope- Reavers. you were hoping to get them um, across the line. Yeah, I've done. So I finished off the Blood Reavers. Um, they were quite fun to finish off. They didn't take too long. Uh, and I did do some blood effects, not to the level of craziness that you do your blood effects. Uh, yeah, somebody mentioned that. I don't, I, I don't with every model I do. I'd like to find no, 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 but you did on on your if, blood reavers, didn't you? And they do look good, yeah, and they look ace, and cool. I really like your blood reavers. But um, to be quite honest, I wasn't entirely sure I could be bothered. <laughs> so I just went with... Um, well, at least, at least well, you're like honest, honest. Here we go, here they are. 14th <laughs> of April, so that was only... Yeah, that wasn't long enough ago for it to have been the episode. So, yeah, new news, they're finished. <laughs> um, so they're Dan done. finishes something. <laughs> well, and then I was... While I was doing those... Um, what happened was I had seen a really nice Fire Slayer by Darren Latham, which is yeah. just stunning. And then I was watching a battle report and it had Fire Slayers in it. And that made me think, oh, I like Fire Slayer. Cool. Well, maybe I'll do some Fire Slayers. And I thought, oh, I know what I could do. Rather than rush out and buy an entire army. Now, I'm very, this is incredibly sensible, by the way. So please don't fall off your chairs. Um, I will paint <laughs> the one that comes in Silver Tower that I currently own and hadn't painted. So I got him out and I painted him. Now, yeah. I don't lie, he is nothing like as good as Darren Latham's, which is just stunning. But I'm really chuffed with him. Uh, I'm really pleased. The hair came out how I wanted it. The flesh came out how I wanted it. The metals. And I even had a go. I thought, right, do you know what? Gonna push myself, do something different. I had a go at marbling for the base using Duncan's yeah, is that, guide. Is that a sheet of um, cork? Yeah, it's cork. But when you buy Did cork you tiles, when you buy cork tiles, or the ones I bought from Wix, one side is like rough cork, and the other side is like a really smooth, almost laminate surface. Yeah. So I stuck it that's with that side facing up. And then broke it around the edge. And I say, it's, it's, there's a guide. It's Dar- um, Duncan did it as a guide. So it is just, um, Celestia or s- something. Is it Celestia Grey, I think? Um, which yeah. is the base. And then, um, Old Fran Grey over that. And then washed. I washed the the edge, the broken bits, with Agrax and then dry brushed it. And now he uses Proxetti white because that's the actual dry, but I just used white scar because I didn't have the Proxetti white and that was fine. Uh, and then just did the veins and I think he used really watered down Administratum grey as the start. Then um, in between that was a bit of Dawnstone and then then black think it was yeah um right right in the fine bits and then gloss varnish um or hard coat to to make it shiny and then i put put the model on top and i was well i was very happy with him yeah i liked it yeah, dude. Was... how did you do the hair because your your hair is nice i know my my hair is i i particularly like my hair actually harry likes my hair um on the dwarf on the dwarf sorry 
On the dwarf. Yeah, yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we? (laughs) Uh, So how did I do the hair? So he was. So what I did, I sprayed him white, um, and then I washed everything on him apart from the hair with null oil. Just because sometimes when you work over a white undercoat, I find you miss a little bit, and it's like, bing, you've missed a bit, fool. Whereas by putting that wash on, it really brings out the details. And fills the yeah, dark recesses, yeah. but I left the hair, and then I I washed the hair um, a couple of times with actually no I Cassandora? Put, no I actually I used the glaze the lamenters yellow yeah, just to yeah. get the yellow, um, and then I actually painted over that with hang on I'm just leaning over flash gets yellow. And then I just used washes on the tips. So started with Cassandra yeah. yellow, then a bit of Fragan, Fugan orange. Um, and then I actually broke out a bit of Fire Dragon Bright, the paint. Um, and then the very tips are like, um, our Evil Sun Scarlet, the paint again. Yep. Uh, and then I yep. went over the whole thing again with the, the Lamenters yellow, just to try and pull it together. Yeah. I- is that the first time you've... Um, I don't mean this to sound patronising at all, but is that the first time you, you've glazed after you've done a transition? Yeah. I don't really... Yeah. I've never really used... I've got all these paints. I'm surrounded. I've just got so many paints, it's flipping ridiculous. But I don't often, like, step outside of my comfort zone, which is yeah. it, even within doing something. So, like, obviously, I paint dark red, <laughs> br- <laughs> brass quite a lot but um even within those i don't often try something different so it's quite good to have tr- actually done this guy done some different stuff yeah I, gla- glazing has been a revolution for me over the last year um i did it used to do it a little bit before just before i finished or well, stopped painting a while back but to tie your your layers together it is um it's really really useful and the the thing that I've done differently this one since I've restarted over a year you know you know what last Christmas or whatever um, is to do a different color than what I would normally think to do if that makes any sense mm-hmm. so whereas before I'd say transition up through my blues and then glaze it with a blue or transition up transition up through skin tones and then glaze it with a like the mid skin tone um, I've now started to say glaze it with screamer pink or something different yes and it changes the whole kind of feel of the of the of you know the skin you get different tones to it which i'm quite excited by so you're mentioning uh, it's like some different paint colors there so what do you do just mix them with lamium medium yeah if i want to use if i want to glaze with a paint i mix it at least at least four to one la- lamium medium or even just water it water it right down um using water but i do you use any, if you do that, do you add anything to break the surface tension or not really? No, because often when I'm glazing, I don't want to break the surface tension too much. Mm. I, I don't want it to go to the creases because actually if you're using a mid-tone one, I just want a film over the crease rather than it to pull there because if it pulls there, then the creases look lighter than they should do. Right, yeah. So, and you got to, it's, you can't do it like a wash. You cannot glaze like a wash you, you have to apply it and make sure it's a, an even coat across the whole surface yeah even if you have to do it three or four times to get the you know the 
the effect that you want. Because mm-hmm. if you, if you just wash it on, you'll get pooling, and because quite often your color is a midtone or or something like blood letter, which is a really bright color, um, then you'll end up with weird looking weird looking recesses. Yeah, well, you you don't want you don't want weird looking recesses. You don't want weird looking recesses, no. I really so we actually your your fire slayer really gave me pause for thought, dude, because um, I really liked it. Oh, and thanks. I thought, and I thought, wouldn't it be wicked if we did like a joint army of fire slayers or something like that? Yeah, um, to go to doubles tournaments. Yeah, because. I mean, there's a reason why we do this podcast together, and that's in this, one of those things is we always have an absolute hoot doing the hobby together. Yes, um, <laughs> so, we do. So, you know, when it, when it, I was thinking, if I was to go to a tournament, what would be my absolute ideal tournament? It's to do a doubles tournament with you. So, um, having like joint armies would really rock. I think so. Yeah, I love fire slayers. I I really like yeah. the aesthetic did, of them. Did you see the? Uh, the ones that I <laughs> shared on the painting group where someone has sculpted their... Um... Yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, That's attention yeah. to detail. More anatomically correct, correct between the uh, between the thighs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Very good. <laughs> moving swiftly on, I've, uh, <laughs> I've also... Because I was delving around in my box of Shadespire... Shadespire, Silver Tower. I always do that. Silver Tower. I yeah. pulled out my Zinch Arcanites as well. Oh, yeah. So, Bobby. so anyway, before you launch into a tirade of something that nobody really gives a damn about, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I <laughs> I've decided to try and finish them off. So they were almost done, um, apart from the gold areas. So. I was about to say, Mr. Jolly, that I thought you'd painted them really quickly, but you'd already got halfway through them. But, you know, you need just assume yeah, that I had. I'd already done a lot of them when, when it originally came out, before getting distracted. They are stunning, those models. they one of my favourite models. They're brilliant. They're really good. Yeah. Really good imagining of Zinch cultists, to be fair. I, I really like them. I, I, and also a fantastic basis for so many things. I mean, Duncan's sort of Greek-esque themes and, um, oh, I forget the name of the chaps that did it. Fire, Firestorm, something, something Firestorm. Um, they did them like the 300 Spartans. Yeah, really good. They're really nice well sculpt as well. So the muscles on them, it is just, it's just really good. Um, because they've captured that kind of wiry muscle look. Um, yeah. As opposed to just the sheer bulk. So. Yeah. Um, that's really nice, but they're not far off. I'm, I'm just putting the sort of first layer onto the gold before I do an edge highlight. Um, and then I've made the bases. I've just got to paint them. And at the same time, I'm doing a base for the Stormcast hero because I have actually painted him, but I put him on a snowy base and I, I want to move him off that now onto the, onto the marble to match everybody else. Um, so, Well, so having the uh, having them essentially so they are just for Shadespire. Yeah, yeah, basically oh, the Shadespire box Silver Tower. will all be on this. The Silver Tower, yeah. Yeah, flipping heck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 well, 
well, if you put yourself out there on these podcast things, sometimes you'll look like a Muppet. Um, usually every couple of weeks, actually. But, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're not far off. Um, Orc Blood Bowl team hasn't gone very far. I've done the base coats on the armor on four Death Guard, uh, when I was sort of wandering around scratching my head. And I've, um, I've finished building and base coated and washed 30 more blood letters. Rawr! 30 more blood letters. <laughs> Long silence. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So basically, I tried, man. I painted a Nurgle Herald and I built some plague bearers, but there's just so much awesome for corn. Hmm. I don't, I couldn't give a monkey's uncle which one of the heretics you choose to follow, but I, I just think, my my only thought on it was that I thought you would benefit from doing something other than red and gold. I know, but like, so I was thinking about it and I was like, right, well, I want to do them. And then I want to add another skull cannon. And then I want the blood throne because there's a battalion with that in it. And then I was like, oh, wouldn't three chariots look ace? And I could take some blood warriors and put them on the back of the chariots to really tie them in with the army and have three of those. Um, that would look really cool. Oh, I don't have any Wrathmongers. Oh, I'd also like Skillia, the spawn. And I'm just like, it's just ridiculous. It's just reams and reams of it. And then if I look at my 40k corn, I'm like, oh, it would be really nice to, <laughs> you know, get my Lamb Raider finished and do some Terminators and some corn bikers. Yeah, you definitely need some corn Terminators. How have you not got corn Terminators? I don't know. I just haven't got round to them. Be nice though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be nice. And I, so I sat down with Battlescribe earlier. Um, I re-downloaded it because it was being ridiculous and it wouldn't let me log into Google. So I couldn't pay to get rid of the adverts. So, um, I signed up as the two P's actually, dude. So if you want to access with no adverts, you're well in there. Okay. Um, so that's good. So, um, anyway, I went through. So I put all of my 40k corn in. Yeah. And I've got. 3,766 points painted. And I put all of my AOS corn in and I've got 2,656 points painted for that. So, um, I would like to get to a place where both, for both systems, I can do 5,000 of corn. Well, so that's sort of. Will you leave them alone end, then? No. And that's sort of an end goal. Well, when I get to 5,000 in 40k, then I'm going to treat myself to a brass scorpion. That's what I've decided. Oh, I love that model. It's ace, isn't it? So that's sort of a... Because I, I had this kind of idea. Last year, I was going to try and get the armies I owned up to 5,000 points. And I got distracted and built a whole new Stormcast army. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to try and do that. That's sort of a... That army is so good. And I never hear you talk about it. It's stunning. I really like it. And uh, you never mention it. It's like sort of dabbled with being a normal person and then went back to the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I love my corn. So, um, yeah. So I want to try and get to 5,000 points. Obviously, the demons cross over, so that helps yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So there'll be a big chunk of that will be corn uh, blood letters. But um, ben, ben the Bass and I and Tom... I'm going to do like a, a slow grow starting next month. Um, 
because Ben wants to do Deepkin. A, s- a slow so grow he, what? Sorry. A slow grow like painting thing for Age of Sigma. Okay. So like next month we've got to paint a hero and a battle line unit. So I was going to start something new and then I was like, nah, I'm going to paint corn. So <laughs> I'm going to do Scarbrand in May. Because obviously every, you know, good slow grow starts with a demon. Yeah. Of corn. Yeah, yeah. And um, a unit of Skull Reapers. Oh, yeah. Um, which they are guys that reap skulls. So that's cool. Um, so that's coming up. And other things. Oh, and before the next podcast, my goal. So this is, this is me putting out a hobby challenge for myself is to finish the Arcanites and finish the orcs from the starter set for Blood Bowl. Yeah. That, which are just lurking on my desk. That would be two good that would be two good jobs done that is. That's a bulk of that'd be Silver Tower, that is a bulk of Silver Tower getting the Arcanites done. Yeah, it's a good chunk of Silver Tower, isn't it? Yeah. Um and getting those orcs. So those are the two things I want off the hobby desk finished in time before we record next time. Um and then I can go to Warhammer Fest and renew my love of corn yet again. You're going to wear and red body paint? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> although, although somebody recently commented that if I wear a, 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 a red T-shirt, it looks a bit like red body paint. But I thought that was a bit mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too many pies. Too many pasties. Yeah, well... Anyway, before we get on to that, let's um let's shuffle over to Galaxy of War, dude. Are you, are you moving us on? I am just I'm moving us on to a thing about corn. Yeah, well, no, I'm moving us on because it we've been banging on for thirty three minutes, and um, we got a whole other like sections to do. <laughs> you know, if if any segment is if if any podcast episode is ever exactly eighty eight minutes long, corn will. Or 88 minutes. Oh no, you can't have 88 minutes and 88 seconds. Don't leave that in. <laughs> I am this, I'm leaving it in. Yeah. At a moment there. Staying in. Let's man. move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll see you on the other side. Galaxy of War! Welcome back, listeners. The pod thunders ever onwards. But you know what? If it's the first turn, it better be coming down in our deployment zone. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking of that since the FAQ came out, Ben. Have you really? That's um... No, it just came to me then. (laughs) That's why I gave a little chuckle before we started recording. It's like, oh, I thought something funny to say. (laughs) So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen... Fine hobbyists, there is a big FAQ, um, little later than originally promised. So, uh, I think the plan was originally March, but they were very open and honest and just said, no, we can't do that. So April, we've got a big FAQ. Yeah. Uh, well, I say a big FAQ, Ben. It's not like reams and reams, is it? It's just got some big. I think what they mean by big changes. FAQ is that exactly that it is changes to the rules. Um, yeah. And balancing. So I was always under the impression. That it, we were going to get the balancing, um, with chapter approved. 
just like you, yes. just like you did with General's Handbook. And they've released those posts saying, oh, this is what the FAQ schedule is going to be like. And I was like, why do I care? Why, what's, what's the big deal about that? But now I've seen it, I get it. it it's quite a, it's quite cool. And I know this, this is an actual change to rules based on feedback that they're getting for a game system that we're playing at the moment. I think that's massive. I don't know what you think. Because it feels like you don't have to wait for three years for those changes that really irritate you or have not been so good to be made. It, it is cool. I So, um, mm. no, you are right. And, and I do think it's really nice to see the interaction with the community, um, yeah. getting the feedback, particularly from the large sort of events and tournament organisers where... You basically, you do, you get to see a lot of things appear on the table and see what's effective, what isn't, what works, how you wanted it to work, what doesn't. So that's a good pool to draw from. Um, my reservation is that, um, I feel like we are swiftly moving to a place where you're going to have your book, then you're going to have your FAQs, and you're just going to end up with reams and reams of stuff. So when you're actually looking something up, um, you know, I don't know, a rule, whatever, I, tactical reserves, yeah. for example, I mean, they... which has had a big change, you can't just go to the rule book. And if you are new to the hobby, you might, A, you might not know that, um, that you can't just go to the rule book for your tactical reserves because it's somewhere else. Uh, but it's difficult. It's difficult because you can't have both. You can't have, um, you know, I presumably the idea is to try and bring as much balance as you can to a game, which is ultimately quite fluid. Like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot, you've got an open play battlefield. It's going to be difficult to make it balanced with so many, uh, variances and stuff going on. Um, but trying to get it as balanced as you can without having all these bits and pieces. And I suppose if you are very much into the game and go into events and seeing how well you can perform alongside, you know, against other people that play the game as well, then perhaps you're not going to find it such, you know, basically the positives of having things up to date and balanced will outweigh the negatives of having to carry around a bit of extra paper. I, yeah, I, I don't. The, the bit of extra paper is is a limited problem to me. So you've you've got your rule book, and then you have your rule book FAQ, and that's that's your rules. I mean, it, yeah, but that's that's now. So forty k came out. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we had chapter approved with its updates. Yeah. Now we've had a big FAQ. If, if, and it might change, but if it holds true to the form as suggested, in fact, I think it mentions it in here, we'll have another chapter approved. Then we'll have another FAQ. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, but you don't need to carry all those things around, dude. That's that's what the point I'm getting. You just print off the most recent FAQ. It will have the updates from chapter approved in rules-wise. 
So you just go online, print off your FAQ, and you t- keep that with your rule book. That's what simple. That's that's what I'm getting at. You're not you're not going to have to carry FAQ one chapter approved. You know you're not going to have to do that. You're just going to need your most up to date FAQ. Um, it doesn't really matter to me. I use an iPad. Well, yeah, if, if you use it digital, there. it's even more simple. But uh, I I don't think I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. Um, what I'd like to see them do is when they release the game, they released Battle Primer, which is like a a small rule book that they were handing out in stores. Um, basically the rules section of the rule book and nothing else. Um, I'd like to see them uh, um, do those. Maybe on the store birthdays. That would be quite cool. Mm-hmm. Just as an update, if you go in on the store birthday, you, you get one of those. Um, that, you know, that, Then you've got a, a hard copy that has the FAQ in it. But I don't know. I think... It's exactly what you said. It's really difficult to not have all of those gubbins with you and have a game that's keeping up with itself. Yeah. And I think ha- having played since second edition, I, I'm much happier carrying around an FAQ printout that's eight pages long. Yeah. I mean, the rule book isn't exactly massive, is it? No. The, the actual and to be rulebook. honest, I think. It's important to say that I would far rather have it this way mm. than what we had um, a few years ago when there was there was almost zero interaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the podcast is a forum for you and I just to chat about the hobby and and how we feel about it. So I think it's good to just to have that conversation. Absolutely. Um, and it would be really interesting as well. We'll we'll um, obviously you'll you'll normally do a post and, and point people in the direction of the show notes but um and we we did do a post about the faq but maybe we'll maybe i'll have a look and pick out a couple of things that interest or bother me and, and get some feedback you know see what see what some of the community think well let's um, let's go through it because it's not a massive one so it's something that we can no so um the finalized match page one of the things that i really like is that They've got beta rules, and then they've got the finalised stuff. So beta rules are stuff that they're testing. Have a go with them. If you like them or dislike them, then you can email them and give your opinion. Um, That's cool, isn't which it? Which is, I think is brilliant. So um, there's two rules that, that, that they've um, brought in. So the first one is psychic focus. So before, um, a psychic power could be cast as many times as you wanted, but never twice by the same psyker. Um, and now it's changed so that um, you can only use the psychic power once per turn, regardless of how many psychers you have. Um, so that falls in line with Age of Sigmar yeah. matched play. And I think, um, obviously, they were getting some spamming going on. And, I mean, I play as, as Space Marines and you play as Corn, so we're not... I, I at the most, have had two psychers in my army, um, and you shouldn't have any, really. Unless you're doing something heretical, um, I'm doing something heretical every single day, <laughs> and uh, I, I th- but so, I'm not doing that. But having fought a couple of guard armies where they've had multiple Primaris psychers, it, it's it's a bit galling to get battered by the same thing over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And the change on Smite is that um, 
every time you cast it, whether you fail or succeed, the next time you add one to the warp charge value, unless you've got um, a special rule which negates that, and notably the Grey Knights and the Thousand Suns, which I like. I think that's good, because Smite is a ah. git. Um, so it's nice to have that sort of limited, although I don't think it's going to make much difference for most armies, only for the units of Primaris Psychers, for example. Um, so, I mean, what, I, I, I quite like that. I think that's a good change. Um, and like you said, it brings it in line with Age of Sigma, and I like that psychic rules as well, So, or la, ma, the, the magic rules in that. So what are your thoughts? On the smite and the magic? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the psychic powers. Sorry, man. I know I was clearly very distracted then. I was actually going back and looking at the post where we put the FAQ and looking at some of the listeners' comments. Um, but to answer your question, um, yeah, I think I think the one psychic power per turn thing is cool. I mean, it's difficult to have a view, mate, I'm afraid, because I haven't played against a great deal of psychers, and, uh, and I certainly don't play with any psychers. Yeah. Um, I did play against a Zinch army um, in in the tournament not long ago, and uh, that was a bit brutal with a load of psychic powers going around. But we used the beta rules, okay? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those rules. So w- with the smite, so um, and and before that, I hadn't come across it a lot. So it's difficult to have an opinion on that. Mm. Okay, but it seems to be something. I mean, looking through. There's one out of about thirty comments. There's one person that does wasn't too keen on that thing, but that was the only thing. Um, but doesn't seem to have had a big backlash. The psychic power thing. The, the next one has, and I I can understand it because I I don't know quite why. Um, I haven't heard them really elaborate as to what their decision making process is on the targeting characters. But that's the next one, and they've they've kind of. They've made it even harder, essentially. So now, um, you cannot target a character with wounds of 10 or less if there is any model closer, whether you can see them or not. Um, any enemy model closer, whether you can see them or not. And, well, people don't like that. I think it's about 50-50. I thought that was always the case, that you, if they were, at, even if they were out of line of sight, this this is about changing it so that other characters don't count I don't th- because what was happening is you had armies that were just like I don't know twelve assassins, yeah, and then you just run up the board at, with one assassin out the front with all the saves in the world or a character with all the saves in the world, and you couldn't go past that character, so basically you protected the entire rest of your army because it was all characters. I'm going to pause it and just double check that. Yeah, so we've looked it up in a brief 
time warp, and uh, Ben was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you could only you could only target the character if he was the closest visible model. Now you can only target him if he's the closest model. Period. Um, so you can have a, a hidden scout like sat in a building where you can't see them stopping you from targeting the character. There must be a reason why they're doing it. This must be something that's come out of playtesting that totally breaks the game if you can just pick out the characters, mustn't it? Um, because they're really sticking with it. In fact, they've tightened it up. So um, I think with this one, as much as a lot of people don't like it, my my view is the guys who are designing this, they know what they're doing and there must be a reason for this. Um it would be nice if they explained to us what it was, but um, they haven't. Mm. So we're just going to have to swallow that pill, I think. The next two are, are beta rules. Um, tactical reserves have changed quite dramatically, haven't they? As you alluded to in your <laughs> intro. Yes. Uh, so the the beta is now, effectively, from watching the tournaments, they found that armies that could that used a lot of tactical reserves were winning um, more often than not and often wiping out the enemy in the first turn um, if they got the first turn. So um, they've done two changes. So the first one is they've clarified some wording. So originally it was half of your army had to set up had to set up on the table. Um, but what they've clarified is their intention was that that was half the army in sort of power. So they now now said half of your power level has to start on the table. Yep. Um, and the other thing is that you cannot first... Um, you can't deep strike on your first turn anywhere other than your deployment zone. So essentially there's no point. Well, no, there is, because if the enemy... <laughs> um, if you, if you, I suppose if you yeah. went second, you can keep the unit off the table and then bring them on into your side. Some interesting stuff, though, is that um, there are units that are exempt from this, um, like the Gene Steeler Colts, practically the entire army... Um, a number of other things, including the Grey Knights with their teleportation thing, because uh, and the stratagem for the Raven Guard, the uh, strike from the shadows. What is that called? Yeah, that's the Badger, because because they're a deployment thing rather than a first turn thing. Um, so yeah, they're exempt, and they did that. Uh, they did an FAQ well, as a kind of clarification photo online which helped i think with that one I'll, I'll pop that in the show notes um so that one's to be played out and see that's a beta test so guys you know i i fully fully recommend that everyone engages with the feedback have a go if it works then say so if you don't like it then tell them it's the only way you're going to get this is actually one that does affect me um, since the new Demon yeah, I, Codex. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask you about Demon Codex. It, it does limit you. Well, it does, but it's only one turn, isn't it? And they can't get shot when they're in the warp. Um, I think that what I like about it is, so one of the things that happens a lot in my games of Age of Sigmar that I play, and bear with me, because I know this is Galaxy of War, is that by turn, at the end of turn two, turn three, the game is over. In as much as there's been like an alpha strike or something, and um, one side, you know, either the alpha strike has worked, hurrah, smashed the enemy apart, and it's all over, or it's been crushed, and there's nothing left to stop the enemy, and it's all over. 
So what I like about this is it's just trying to draw the game out a little bit and make it, you know, the six yeah. turn adventure that it is. Um, and through FAQs and changes, create something where the game can be enjoyable for both sides, even if people are in a competitive environment. Hmm. Because we talk a lot about the gaming contract, and in a competitive environment, the contract is, I've come here prob- for fun, to but also <laughs> to to be competitive, you know, to compete, as it yeah, were. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, and this way, I suppose it just draws the game out a bit. Um, it makes turn one a whole new beast as well. A whole new beast. It's about manoeuvring, about covering those gaps that you couldn't cover, tr- trying to work out where they're going to deep strike and, and actually give you a chance to sort of look at your opponent, look what they've deployed and think, how do I stop that? It, it makes it a little bit more tactical. And I, I like it for mm. that reason. I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah, um, that's fine. Big, 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 big fan. Battle Brothers is the next beta. Um, and this one, uh, confused you a little well, bit. Well, it confused um, me because it says all of the units in each detachment in your battle-forged army. And I... Perhaps people think, what are you talking about? But I read that essentially as all of your units in your army. Yeah. Um, I, I, still read, I still read it and feel like it, it can be read in that way, but I... My brain is probably addled by drinking too much Diet Coke with all its... Um, that's part of me. Yeah, in it. But that's why it confused me and I was flipping annoyed. But ne- once I calmed down <laughs> and realised what I was talking about was a load of rubbish, it's just within the detachment, isn't it? It's that just within the detachment. the keyword. And I think f- the reason why I'm not bothered about this is because this is how I play the game. Well, I yeah, me too. I don't, I don't have a detachment with one squad of Grey Knights, a squad of Space Marines, a squad of Imperial... I don't do that. I, I mean, I've seen people who do that, but I don't do it. It doesn't make any sense to me that an army would do that. A battalion is a force structure with a commander and a, a unit of troops that is meant to portray an actual army, not some ragtag bunch of misfits that have just been bolted together for... Do you want to play that? Then play Kill Team or something. Space Wolves. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's some, you know, with this, I think the idea is to get rid of the super armies. Well, that's what they said it is, so that's really cool. There is some people who are exempt for some rules because of this. So, for example, the Legion of the Damned can uh, have a Vanguard attachment without a HQ, and so can a whole bunch of other stuff. Um so but not, only if their warlord shares. Yes, the Imperium key, keyword. So, for example, the Null Maidens, Saviour from Beyond, Execution for. So, effectively, the Assassins, um, a bunch of the sort of Imperial agents, uh, the Legion of the Damned. You can have them as vanguards without a without a HQ. So, I think that's pretty cool. I think that that um, covers that base, and um, they've they've kind of clarified as well about um, the Yanari, which I think they just need a book, frankly, Dan. They need a codex because yep. 
at the moment, I think I, I, I would struggle hard to put an army together for them. Um, interim balance. So this one is, we'll just run through this really quickly. Um, you get some more command points for your battalion and your brigade detachments. I like that. Thank you very much. Um, because the I biggest li- problem I have with command points is every time I go to play Age of Sigmar, a dice goes bad, and I'm like, "It's okay, I'll use a command point to re." Oh, bugger! Wrong game. <laughs> that is the problem with command points. <laughs> um, Tide of Traitors is apparently too effective. Oh, I rage! Quick, where's my salt? I'm broken. Who wants to buy a corn army? <laughs> <laughs> Where are my matches? So you can only use your brand new spangly command points that you've got extra for only one of those. So yeah. sorry, mate. Um, Very sad. But to be fair, when I run a unit of 40 cultists and there's one left and I bring 39 back. <laughs> um, nah, to be honest, I only ever used it once. It's three points. So a lot yeah. of command points. But I'm still... Uh, I'm still absolutely gutted and deserve a refund on my codex. <laughs> um, <laughs> Word of the Phoenix is a bit too biff, um, and they've changed that a, a bit, so they've increased the warp charge value to eight. Um, this is the one I really like, because um, I have played a number of units that that spammed this before. So abilities which ignore wounds can no longer stack. Um, and thank God, because it was just ridiculous. Some units with the, like a, their armor save and then their five plus and then a six plus and then a six plus. By the time you've gone through like three buffs, it was, it was just getting a bit silly. Um, and it always, it was one of those rules where for me, it could irritate me. So when I was playing someone and they go, Oh, I've got my six plus. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Fine. Oh, I've got another six plus. Okay. Oh, I've got another one, and you're like, "Oh, f- go away." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm glad that's changed. Really, I'm glad. Um, uh, organized play—they've now capped the number of uh, times a data sheet can be included per different points, and essentially, you can have two per army, up to two thousand, up to a thousand three, up to two thousand, and then up to three thousand four. I would really like to know how this is going to affect some of the horde armies, dude. I mean, if you're orcs, for example, you're going to take more than three of something, surely. Yeah, but you've got, I mean, in a thousand points, well, in 2000 points, you could have, in 2000 points, you could have three flipping battalions. Yeah, which is nine choices of each of the elite fast attack and heavy support. No, it's talking about data sheets, mate, per detachment. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, so number of detachments is three per army, yeah, but number of data sheets. Sorry, so, yeah, I was half asleep then. So if you've got a, a horde army, or even like something like Guard, where they're fairly cheap, then there's a number of armies that, are, that could. To say to fill two thousand points, and you can only have three Tempesta Scions data sheets, for example. Hmm. They're not expensive. They're they're half the price of a Space Marine squad. 
hack spit salt salt. Um, <laughs> um, I only field things in threes. Yeah, but I mean, like... I'm, neither of us play a horde army, so but I, I'd be interested to see how this plays out for Tyranids, Orcs, Guard, that kind of army, um, because I think that that could, especially Orcs, li- really limit them. Um, because some some walk players would want to have a whole army of killer cans, and I don't blame them, you know, because they're wicked models. And I oh, yeah, I see, we'll see. Well, and it doesn't apply to troops or dedicated transport. No, it, it doesn't. No. Uh, oh, so that 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 solves the tempestus science actually. So ignore me on that. Um. So there we go. That's the big FAQ. Um. Woo-hoo! I'm. That's the first time we've done a really rulesy kind of section, isn't it? Um, Yeah, that's probably why we had to pause in the middle, have a look at the rules, and then (laughs) I've just talked about organised events where I clearly hadn't read the FAQ, and you spoke about a unit that wasn't affected anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Polished, mate. Absolutely polished. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... That's our take on FAQ. Um, I'll take. So, uh, uh, just a brief look, because we've got a little, few minutes before we get to 30, but a little brief look into the future. We've got a number of codexes coming up that I'm quite excited about. I'm really looking forward to Death Watch, because Death Watch was the first of the 7th edition codexes that I bought. In fact, for like at least two years, I got so excited about it. Um, so I'm really super looking forward to see how they've redone those. I like Death Watch, man. I really do. But I mean, I like them as an army. It's cool if you if you're into that. That's cool. But I do prefer. I I liked it back when they first sort of appeared, and they were just like an elite squad that you put within your army. Yes, I mean, which for, you can still do. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of probably how I would how I'm going to play them is use them as a sort of. Vanguard or something. Um, I'll play them as, as a small army, so a thousand points or something. I don't know. So, not something nice and small and focused, so it feels right. Um, it's good that you're doing some Death Watch um, because uh, you can't do Grey Knights because they would just start slaying all your mutant space wolves, wouldn't they? <laughs> I've, I think you find that. Uh, the Grey Knights have seen the Wolfen and are perfectly happy. So, Right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the Mortal Realms, where I get to talk about the fish elves. <laughs> <laughs> See you on the other side. Hi guys, and uh, we're into the mortal realms, and I've got my new shiny Idneth Deepkin. So, before we start, is it Idneth Deepkins or Idneth Deepkin? I say Idneth Deepkin, and I am a paragon of pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't made my mind up. I, I think I've, I think I'm going to go with Idneth Deepkin. Just call them the Deepkin. Deepkin. Yeah, we can't get that wrong, can we? Well, we'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Deepkin. Um, 
I only picked this up yesterday and I haven't really had time to sit down and trawl through it, but it um it's gorgeous. The artwork is absolutely amazing. It's just everything I want from a book. I must say actually, you mentioned the artwork. When I um so uh Ben Chambers, Ben the Bass, um, is picking up Deepkin and he's got the book and we were looking through it. And the the artwork is incredible. It's really yeah. good. Like I it you know, is. the artwork really is, is always good in the codexes, but it genuine I don't know if it was because obviously it's all fresh, all new artwork. Um but I I just remember looking through it and commenting and saying, Oh, you know, that artwork is really good. Um Yeah. And it's it I think one of the things that I, I was just thinking about this earlier today, we're getting so used now to having new races, new armies, new things that it, it's almost amazing that when they a new, something like this comes out that it's still so They've done a really good job of keeping this quiet. Mm. Mm. Like a really, really good job. They've hinted about it. They have, ri- they've guided the narrative on it. So that I'm looking through this book and everything feels new. It's so exciting. There's, you know, the pages of art are gorgeous. There's every page I'm reading, I'm reading something that's brand spanking new. And people who have been playing the game for long enough will, any of the, particularly 40k, when you start reading the background section of a codex and there's a sort of aching familiarity about it and you go and get the last Space Marine codex and it's pretty much word for word for whole sections of it, it can be a little bit disappointing. Not unexpected and there's nothing wrong with it because if they feel they've got it right the first time, why bother rewriting it? But... um when you get something brand new like this, mate, and every page you're reading is is like a it's like a revelation. It's nice to have something where you want to read, because like what I find I often do is I'll buy a book and I'll background wise I won't necessarily read it cover to cover because I've read because it's the Space Marine book and I've read a lot of Space Marine background before, um, yeah. and then actually um, you probably miss out on little snippets. Whereas with something like this one. You're going to read it all because you've not read any of it before. No. And I think one of the things I really like about it is that the background fits with the kind of... We haven't really heard about them yet. Mm. Um, because they, they, one of the big things is about secrecy because... Um, well, we probably covered this last time in detail, but when they were made, um, it by techless it, they it became they, they realized that they needed to literally steal souls from other things um to to exist to live to carry on um and it talks about in the book about how they actually really struggled with that to start with the the kind of moral thing of stealing souls from somebody else um but then they got over it <laughs> <laughs> and um but part of the thing, part of their kind of new culture is is, is secrecy, um, which is interesting because it, I, for me, who is going to come after you when you live on the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> well, 
well, I'm serious. I you mean... say that though, but probably it, firstly, it's the mortal realms, and secondly, like if you knew that people were coming and nicking your souls, you'd probably like bend your efforts to get in them. Yeah, or stopping them. Mm. But it, I mean, it, effectively, that the sea that that magical sea that they come ashore with, um, effectively wipes your memory. Um, so even people who have been in combat, even people who have been wounded by them, can't really remember what it was they were fighting. Um, and those that those that do don't remember detail. And there's, there was a, I can't remember where it was I was reading it, but there was a great little story or kind of section in, I think it was, I think it was Malign Portents actually, where the, they were, it's like a conversation between, um, uh, like a written conversation between the Inquisitors and, um, and a guard captain. I just grabbed the Malign Portents book down, so I've got to stand up. And um, the guy's saying, "Oh, we've been attacked, and it's it's by these things." And the but I don't really know what they are. And then the the inquisitors are writing back saying, "Well, you know, it's clearly just orcs. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not orcs. I know it's not orcs, but I can't tell you what they are. Um, <laughs> it's really good. And I'm just flicking through quickly through the." Uh, my importance book to see if it's in there. I've got a feeling it is, but I might be wrong. While you're looking at that, I have to tell you, last night we had the mother of storms. It was flipping ridiculous. There was so much lightning, mate. I looked in the garden, there were Stormcast Eternals appearing. It was ridiculous. Well, if they were going to come anywhere first, it would be to sort you out. Well, that's it. Yeah, it was those white ones as well. Was in white armour that were like, ah, chaos! It's like flipping it. It's not, I'm not chaos, I'm not chaos. Why are there tentacles coming out of your ass? I don't know. <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> I I can't find it. I can't find it. It might have been in... Well, it did give me a nice ample opportunity to put in a random bit of filler about storms and tentacles. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I, I really liked that. And, um... I think it's a really cool part of their mythology. And it means that, as well, rules-wise, that's reflected by the fact that you can only target the closest thing. It's a bit of a kind of a circular thing back there from 40k. Um, because you can't, um, you can't literally focus on anything else. There's, um, One that of- in itself has created a new magical item, which is, uh, Tears of the Wanderers players. <laughs> um, so uh, it's a special uh, item. You just collect their tears um, into a little vial, and then and then you can keep it. Um, but <laughs> if you drink it, you can actually target any unit on the board for uh, for one turn. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that makes sense though with this army because. Just having a quick flick through, and you ha- you had a chance to read the War Scrolls, haven't you? I've had a look. Yeah, they've started appearing. If I don't know if they're all on there, but they've certainly started appearing on the app. Um, so I've been having a look more, looking at like the command abilities and the synergies. Um, yeah, and that's those are the was... bits that interest me. Um, that's what I was about to get at. I think it is quite a, a character-driven army, isn't it? 
Yeah, so well, there's, there's lots of characters, you know, they're releasing loads of them. And actually, one of my favourite models in the range, if not my actual favourite model, is um, the guy that, like, hooks the souls. Um, he is called the Isharan Soul Render. Uh, and oh, yeah. I just think he is awesome. He's got like a little swordfish friend that goes around with him. Um, and a bit of a kind of, a, it's like a, it's like a kind of a lasso come, I don't know, rending hook thing. Uh, and he's got this lure light. And what he does is, um, he allows you to return slain models to a unit. Uh, of yeah, Namati yeah. because he get he like lure, he kills people and then lures in their soul um and then if he has caused damage uh in the previous turn you add one to that for each enemy model that was slain by damage caused by his hook oh yeah which is which is not rubbish no um, no not at all so that's pretty cool, um, and the model is 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 awesome. I I love the head on that um, that what's that one called? Sorry, just one minute. The Soul Scryer, which yeah. is the guy with I don't know what those are. This looks like one of those dream catchers that you hang outside your window. It is, yeah, on a staff, yeah, on a pole, yeah. 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 So him, the head is just phenomenal. Really, really good. And the little fish. Although my yeah, days, I, you'd want to think about how you store him, wouldn't you? All of like, it. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? It is. I mean, the the fish on everything. They're just look at this. This soul render guy stood on a little rock, and it's got barnacles and limpets on it. Yeah, that's just fantastic, isn't it? It's just fantastic. The um, movement in the army. I mean, when I first saw it. I don't know if you can recall what I said, but it's the colour and the movement that get me. Everything about them is filled with movement. Even the the Namati Reavers and Thralls, they're they're just... They're they're really mobile. They look like a raiding army. And because of the fish, you get that sort of real kind of forward movement. You know what? Yeah. Like the kind of... Yeah, love it. Clever, isn't it, really? Like, it is clever. It's very clever. It's really awesome. Um, shipwreck. You get a shipwreck. That's cool. Yeah, and the, the rules that it adds are quite good. And I, I mean, we've talked a lot about themed scenery, haven't we? And um, I think uh, actually them releasing special pieces of scenery for each army would be really cool. And they've yeah, done well, that they now. Did it. The Nurgle yeah. had it. They, they did with, with their the tree. And they've got it now with the shipwreck. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's I think that's a really good trend. I like that a lot. Um, yes, I really, really do. Because one of the things that I get a little frustrated with in forty k is all the scenery is imperial. Yeah, well, not all, but the vast majority of most it is of imperial. It is, to be yeah. fair, isn't it? And I think that's fine because most of the planets that you're fighting on are going to be imperial, but. I want some elf buildings and some tower buildings and Eldar building. Let's have some... I like the variety. And I think even if it's just one kit, just one kit for your army, then that's a huge step forward and I really like it. Um, 
One of the things I like about this book is that it feels a little bit more like the codexes of old and the mm-hmm. army books of old. There's a stunning painting section. Yes. Really, really good. Step by step of how to paint every single one of the factions that it it um it has outlined in the background, all six of them. Um, and then it goes into real detail, like how to paint the eels and the tassels and the little sea creatures and the different ways of painting the blades and how to get the bone effect, like the coral effect. Um, and it's it's got a few sections in about dry brushing, which um, I'm That's quite keen cool. to. Quite keen to try out those um, makeup brushes on the on the advice yes. on the pro painted podcast. Um, but I think it's nice to see dry brushing getting a revival. It really is because I, I mean I think I first started to really get put onto this by it was when I was speaking to Tommy Saul and he was talking about there's dry brushing and there's dry brushing. Just like every technique, there is a there is a spectrum of bad dry brushing and then good dry brushing. Um, and his Golden Demon entries in the past have been dry brushed. His Bane Blade that did really well, I think it was a runner-up, um, was dry brushed. And if you get a chance to go on to his stuff, um, his Space Walls, and have a look at his tanks, they're dry brushed and they're phenomenal. They look like they're airbrushed. Um, so I think there has been a period where they've done away with it. They've sort of gone, oh, you know, washes and these other things are better. But nothing beats dry brushing for getting a specific sort of texture and the speed of application. I, I, think I don't it's, think for me it's um it's like it's just another thing in the toolbox. Yeah, isn't it? You know, you even I mean I work a lot more basic with my thoughts with painting. But like a, if I'm painting a base with texture on it, there ain't no way I'm getting out a layer brush and painting each piece of sand, is there? No, no, no. You know. No. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree looking through the book, it has got that old school feel and it's really nice because it appeals to lots of people. It's interesting. It's got the points in the back and then, and a number of books have had the points in the back now. And I, I just find that odd. I, I think that I just assumed from the way the game went, when it first, when points were first sort of bought out in the general's handbook, and I thought 40k was going to go the same way, that points wouldn't be in army books. They would just be in the in the handbook or the chapter approved. So, like, if you wanted to play in organised matched play or wanted to play match play within that year of the scene or the um, season, I suppose, you just picked up the latest one of them. And that had all your points, which you still yeah. will be the case. I just, um, I just didn't think they'd have put points in, uh, but they have. Well, they've got, fine. they've got, they've got to, haven't they? Why? Well, because they're new. Well, yes, but they've done it in other books that where it isn't new, um, and they could have just done them as a download. Yeah, maybe. I, uh, I think that I think that goes back to what we were talking about in the FAQ section, doesn't it? That people don't want, they want to get their the Deepkin book, and be able to play them straight away without having to download a set of points. And that will be the case right up until they get chapter approved for the next season. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just a comment. And really, it's just the back page. I mean, it's not many. But yeah, I think um, 
it's it's a bit overwhelming in some ways the book because I'm used to the Iron Iron Jaws book, which has got like six units. <laughs> so, <laughs> so having a book with like so many units, I'm a bit like, oh my days, where do I start? What? So yeah, and one of the things I really like in it is there is a war scroll that um, is called the Alliance of Wooden Sea. And uh, it's, well, I'll read it out. When old grievances and mutual mistrusts are set aside, the Eidneth Deepkin and the Sylvaneth uh, can combine to make a powerful force. Few foes can stand before the mystic powers of the wood and the deep places. Uh, a sea monsters and living tree spirits fight side by side within the ether sea. Um, that's wicked. It and the rule, cool. it, I just think that's cool. But I, I mean, I haven't read the background to work out why particularly the Sylvaneth and the um and the You'd deep have to kingdom. paint them as like driftwood, wouldn't you? Well it's interesting how you paint them because actually there isn't one of the things I've noticed about the Deepkin is there is not much brown. No. Whereas with the Sylvaneth it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it's practically yeah. all brown. Um Yeah. So the, the strength of the ether. See, the Sylvaneth units from this battalion have the Tides of the Death battle traits. Ouch. And gain abilities from the Tide of Death table in the same manner as the Deepkin. Ooh. It is quite a, it's quite a list, though. To have that, you need the Tidecaster, two units of Achelian Guard, one unit of Nomati Thralls, one unit of Nomati Reavers, a unit of Achelian Alapexes, one branch witch, two units of dryads, and a tree lord ancient. So there's no messing around with it. No, it's it's quite a it's quite a thing. That would be re- Joe. Joe will be super stoked about that because she would love to play a mixed Sylvaneth Deepkin army. Oh, that do you be... know? I hadn't even thought about that. Of course, because Joe's doing the Sylvaneth, isn't she? So, well, she's doing units from the Sylvaneth. Yeah, um, that's excellent. Not a keen fan of the Dryads, but she might get over that to paint that lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the things that I really like is that my favourite, and I don't know their names yet, sorry everybody, but the Eel Riders are my favourites, I think. Um, yeah, the the Morsar. Morsar Guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really like there's them. There's a few, isn't there? There's, or what's that, two? Yeah, there's a few, there's a few different sort of Morsar and the Ishlian guard. You just, I, th- I think it's just really cool to have a whole, a whole new kind of thing to explore. It feel uh, for me, it feels like Age of Sigma is is um, is building up to something. I think looking at the new stuff, like outside the box stuff that's coming out for Age of Sigma, it also makes me intrigued to see if we'll see something new. For 40k as yeah. well, like yeah. a, a whole new faction. Um, because there doesn't seem to be, you know, there just isn't that kind of reticence, it seems to do totally different stuff. Well, I suppose, yeah, that no, I agree. They created by creating Age of Sigmar, and it's wonderful to see, really, really wonderful. I mean, an entire new faction, I mean, that's just fantastic. I suppose the Fire Slayer. Fire Slayers were a, were an entire. There was no models that existed previously for them, so that that was entirely new as well. Caradron, um, yeah, Caradron as well. I mean, that's just amazing, isn't it? Really, 
Yeah, I think uh, for me, I think that's that's the thing that Age of Sigma really did. I think doing Age of Sigma, making that move was incredibly brave. I think they they managed to hold the fort. I think that's probably the only the only way you can put it um, until they could start to really sort of show what that reason was. And that reason was really to to take away that really restrictive imposition of the old world that and we've spoken about this I don't want to wax lyrical about it again but by taking that away they can now do what they want and I think the Deepkin are a wonderful example and I think the Caradron Overlords are a wonderful example and I'm now in a position where for the first time in a long time with Games Workshop and particularly with the Fantasy range I have no idea what they're going to do next hmm. at all. I mean, if you think back for when we were working and we were told, oh, the Empire are getting re-released, for example, the biggest shock for that release was that they weren't wearing shoes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <don't, No? laughs> I don't know that that's entirely fair. What is it? What 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 was it about that about that issue? What? Well, you had the than... Empire Griffin, the massive Reimagining... Griffin. Yeah, no, that that was not not for that release. That was when they redid it for the the next one when they brought out the Griffin Riders as well. The, the little kind of a cavalry one. I mean, like the the release before. What but I would even... say, aside from the shoes, is that what you see now, or how it feels at least, is that where before when something was redone, you were probably expect like you get quite excited to see a new a new plastic thing yeah and so metal becoming hero. plastic yeah metal Whereas, becoming plastic and a new hero that was that was your kind and of what we're seeing now is a whole new whole new everything's yeah which makes sense because if you think about it just for even from a business perspective you know if you release new um chaos Corn Berserkers, for example, um, hint. Um, lots <laughs> of people are going to have Corn Berserkers. Clearly, clearly people in the know are listening. So, you know, I can say hint. Um, you, lots of people are going to have Corn Berserkers already. So some of those will buy new ones because they're the new hotness. But some will say, no, actually, I'll just keep with my own. Whereas mm. if, so, if you bring out something brand new, no one's going to have it already. Everyone yeah. wants the new hotness. Well, not everyone, yeah. but you get what I mean. I do, I do, and um, and there's only so many times you can reimagine an old thing. Yeah, well, a guy with a you know a human with a spear in medieval esque outfit is gonna always be that guy, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Very cool. When are you getting what? your first miniature? You still doing your combined army with Joe? I don't. I think. Um, I don't think it's going to be any time soon. If I'm being honest, um, having just painted my iron jaws, there's a few things I wouldn't mind adding to that. Really, to mm. sort of finish that off. Um, I've got so, and I'm, I'm. It's taken every ounce of my energy not to go out and buy the whole lot. Um, I don't know. Difficult. Difficult because I still have. I'm still not in the in a good place with my space wars yet. I feel like there's a lot to do with them. Just for starters, I mean, I haven't even painted an intercessor squad, so that has to happen. 
Um, all the Hell Blasters, or Hell, whatever they're called. Hell, yeah, the Hell Blasters. Hell Blasters, um, yeah. They need to be done. So I suppose I'd like to get Dark Imperium painted, including the Chaos side of it. Um, they are going to be a, a whirlwind of dry brushing and washes. <laughs> um, and streaking fluid, I think. Um, now, before we move on and start talking about painting 40k, um, I do need to talk about the fact I played a game of Age of Sigmar yeah. this week um, that I've not spoken about yet. So I played against some Wanderers who did not have the Tears of the Wanderers special item that I've come up with. <laughs> um uh, against Mr. Wasley and his Wanderers Army, we were playing a thousand point game to practice for the upcoming event. Um, and it was a solid victory to the forces of Corn. Much weeping on the side of the Wanderers, um, but I didn't have a vial to capture the tears. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a good game. It, to be honest, the, as is often the case, the victory points at the end didn't really um match what the game was like. I mean, it opened very dramatically in the favour of the corn. But it was I think really Dan would agree, it came down to one single thing, which was a gap that Dan left where I could get my blood letters through to the to his home objective and into his um <sighs> Eternal Guard and Wildwood Rangers with one epic charge and they just went mental as they do blood letters um and carved up a load of stuff so hence why well no i'm painting 30 more because i just felt the urge nothing to do with how effective they were in that battle at all Um, (laughs) but yeah it was a really good game um thanks to dan for playing that it was nice to play a game because the hobby room hasn't been game able for a while because it was full of stuff because we were decorating somewhere else but that's now good done so good game um good chance to try out a list for the for the tournament uh next weekend and uh nice to win some age of sigma before i go off to the event and probably get promptly squished three times <laughs> yeah well yeah no comment i'm gonna get smashed <laughs> <laughs> oh, never uh, mind so with that it is just coming up to the half hour mark. Yes. Uh, any more me. poignant things that the world simply must know, Mr. Hall? Um, no. No. Okay. Well then, listeners, I actually do need some refreshment. So we will see you in the community. The pod thunders ever onwards, and now it reaches a community. Hey. Where's it going to land? Woo! Anyway, enough silliness. Actually, what I'm talking about, that's ridiculous. It's going to continue being silly. So, <laughs> <laughs> in our constant quest to big up the community um, and make it smile a little bit, this is a section where we talk about stuff either we've got up to, you guys have got up to, or uh, what's coming up for everyone to get up to. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> through the magic and wizardry of computer 
Ben has got a calendar on the website, so we've got a load of stuff on there, um, and he's going to go through that. But first, um, had some contact today. Phone went ping. Had a look. Yeah. Um, chap called Mark Langworthy has contacted us, which is real cool. Um, having spoken to uh, Mike down in Games Workshop Plymouth, um, who said to him, "Get in contact with these guys. They're nuts, and they'll talk about your stuff." Um, thank you, Mike. Um, he has got uh, coming up in sort of in celebration for International Tabletop Day. So on the twenty eighth of April, uh, down in Plymouth. What are you up to, Mark? I'm just reading through because I don't want to get it completely wrong. We are right. So tabletop and board gaming club called Game On, uh, running in the Street Factory. We spoke about uh, that on the day a couple weeks ago. Actually, yes. yeah, when they were just starting up, yeah. Yeah, when they were just starting up. So they are running that in the street factory between 12 and 4 p.m. And that's on the 28th of April. So that's the International Tabletop Day. It's the 28th of April. Which is a new international date for us, isn't it? We didn't even know that. It is a new international date, which we didn't know about. In fact, I even said, uh, (laughs) at the risk of sounding stupid... What does ITTD even stand for? Yeah. And it's been um, so now I know seven of them. Apparently, did you just say we haven't just googled. Yeah, it. there has. Yeah. So there are going to be demonstrations of bit of role playing, all out war, dead zone, uh, painting figures that have been donated by Mantic. There's a raffle, a bring and buy, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering trading table. So they're trying to get everything in there. They are still looking for people that want to demo stuff or, or show stuff off. So um, Warhammer gaming-wise, uh, anybody that wants to take stuff down that's, uh, that's Warhammer-based and show it off, they'd be well up for that. Um, and what I love is they've got the uh, hashtag community spirit they've written, which is uh, which is really ace, isn't it? Kind of fits with the way we look at everything, eh, mate? Well, yeah, I... Re- uh, I- generally like the tone of everything about it because they're they're really keen to bring the the tabletop community together in Plymouth and that that's awesome full support for that they've got us behind them for doing that so yeah absolutely um, I think that is sadly that is when we're we're both up in Bristol um yeah I say sadly I mean we're excited because we've got an evening of nattering and then a day of uh, Age of Sigmar gaming. But um, maybe for next year, mate, one to put in the calendar, we can go along. Yeah, yeah. Be the resident celebrities. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Delusions of grandeur. It's the first be, sign of insanity. We stood there and people would be like, who are those guys? They look shifty. <laughs> Actually, I was in, I was in the local... Um, like corner shop the other day and I spent that long trying to decide over something. The guy came round and started stop like with a basket of stuff to stock up the shelves, but none of it was relevant to that section. And I'm convinced he was checking me out because he thought I was going to nick something. Well, you do look shifty, mate. So on the note of being shifty, I'm going to run off with a packet of mini rolls down me trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Think about people who've been in contact with us as well. Greetings uh, from the Warp. Um, have got in contact with us to ask us to pick up their event in the 7th and 8th of July, um, which is a uh, called Sigma's Male- Malevolence, which is a word that I was, knew I was going to get wrong. Um, but there you go, Malevolence. Um, 
And that is... Isn't Malevolent like one of your most uh, enjoyed films? What? Disney film. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's yeah, great, yeah. It? It was, uh, yeah, it was good. A good surprise as well. Yeah, like like the whole thing, actually. Um, so it's uh, match play on the Saturday, three 2,000-point games, and then Sunday is five 750-point speed dating games, which I quite understand of. That's um, a Sage of Sigma, obviously. Um, and that's on the 7th and 8th, and those guys uh, are up in Northamptonshire. Um, so if you're in that area or fancy travelling up, that's uh, that's worth having a look at, definitely. Well-organised events, actually, dude. Their, their packs are good. Yeah, it does look like good stuff, stuff to, for to try and get along to at some point. So we've kind of gone ahead of the calendar, but you know, people want us to big up events specifically um and message us and we're happy to do that really am we are always more than happy to talk yeah especially about wargaming (laughs) so one of the things i thought would be cool to us to do is um is to sort of put people on to painters in the area that um or not necessarily even on the area you know in the sort of in the hobby that perhaps they hadn't come in contact with so um I'm going to start the ball rolling this week by by talking about a chap called Will Paints, um, which you might have heard us briefly mention before, but he is on Instagram um, as Will Paints, uh, Will underscore Paints. Um, he's mm-hmm. Will Brightly. Um, he has only been painting models. He's one of those sickening people. He's only been painting models <laughs> for like a, a year, perhaps. Um, and he's now good enough to do really nice um commissions for people mm. um it's actually been really cool just watching him speed through the techniques you know picking them up and moving on he's an art student so he's got the brush control and i think that's always helpful um i think the the two sort of key things for painting are brush control and good eyesight so <laughs> um he's clearly got both of those um and he is local as well. He's a, a Cornish chap. Um, he, I got put onto him by, um, a person from America, actually, which is quite incredible. Um, yes. Mr. G- um, Josh Gifford. So he's another painter that we'll, we'll talk about or we have put up on, uh, um, before. I may as well call talk about him now. So. Gifts Minis, um, Josh Gifford, he's on Instagram too. And he does a lot of other stuff, which I really like following. So he's done a lot of Star Wars, um, and he's done uh, a fair bit of the the Necromunda stuff recently. But other game systems like Dungeons & Dragons and Alien vs. Predator. In fact, it was his Aliens models that got me into him. Anyway, he sort of said, oh, Ben, you need to check this guy out. Um and put me on to Will Paints. So there's two two painters for you. So if you fancy looking at some modelling by some some guys, then that are one doing Mate, something slightly different. this is unreal. Who are you looking at? Have you seen his Death Card Land Raider? Uh, is this Will? That's all weathered up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, isn't it? So wow. Um, that's something I'd like to do every every time we do an episode. Is if it's give a shout out to. Um, a, a person on Instagram or, or Twitter who's is doing awesome stuff and I think deserves a follow. Um, so start local and not quite so local with Josh Gifford and Will Brightly, two guys worth following. 
So, um, without any further ado, um, unfortunately, I have to have my phone out and my phone to look at the calendar because the internet on my laptop is pants. The phone has in the past interfered with our recording, so if there is that really irritating phone buzzy bleep in the background, then I'm sorry. But there's not a great deal we can do about that. So, this episode will be with you on the 25th, um, and we'll start on the 28th. So, Catacombs of Curtain is um, Curtain Games. They're running another shade spire event and they do they've been doing a lot of them and um i've got a couple of mates who go to them dan and they love them absolutely love yeah. them yeah yeah fact, i've seen talking about marcus them. is coming along the weekend um games workshop cribs causeway store birthday this weekend um and as if you know, having a local shade spire event wasn't big enough um it's the shade spire grand clash in warhammer world as well this weekend um midlands maelstrom 2 Worcester Games, uh, Worcester War Games are running a Drop Fleet tournament. You've played a bit of Drop Fleet, haven't you, Dan? Uh, no. <laughs> haven't you? Sorry, I couldn't resist. No, I've played Drop Zone. Oh. So Drop Zone's like the Ground War one. Drop Fleet is the newer game, which is uh, same setting, but um, in space. Andy Chambers involved in the design. All right. He was involved with Battlefield Gothic. But it's nice to see that on there, actually, because... Um, I did a little bit of looking around recently when I dug out my Scourge army and uh, I couldn't find much going on in the community for the for the Hawk War Games family stuff that TT have now got, which was a bit of a shame. So it's nice to see that on there. Yeah. Really nice. Yep, absolutely. Um, so good going. Terra, Terra Games uh, in Newton Abbott have got an Age of Sigma singles tournament on. This is all Saturday the 28th. It's a busy day. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it? And then the, of course, the what we've just spoken about, the International Tabletop Day at Game On and Street Factory. Uh, on the Sunday is the big British uh, Bristol Independent Gamers Age of Sigma tournament that we are both attending and looking forward to greatly. Um, if you want to find me, I'll be in the bottom five of the of the rankings. So look for me on the the larger number tables. I'll be on one of them. And um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad for Miniatures have got an X-Wing store championship. Mad for Miniatures are based in St. Paul's store. Um, probably a bit late for you to get tickets for a lot of that. Uh, next week, third, if you're up near Wama World, the Bugman's Bar are having a Shades by a tournament. That's, ah, th- that's brilliant. It's cool that they do it separately. Um, and then on the Friday... Friday the 4th of May um, it's got a number of X-Wing stuff going on as you probably imagine. Curtain Games and Big are both running May the 4th Be With You um, Star Wars events. So if you're a Star Wars fan that's the place to be. And X-Wing Wave 1-3 to tournament at, at uh, Curtain is running on that same weekend so um, Saturday the 5th. Do you know what else is Saturday the 5th? Nope. I do not. My wife's birthday. Way. That's an important one. So I mustn't forget. That's why I put it in. I almost put it in the calendar just to remind me. Well, it's probably worth worth doing it. <laughs> Reminders on the phone. Yep. So Thursday the 10th, Barb's Modeling Games, who've just run the um, pasties and 
I don't know what the second part of that name was, but the something and pasties. The pasties is overruled and everything. Um, <laughs> that was that was yesterday at this Infinity um, tournament. I haven't managed to get in contact with them yet um, to ask how it went. And then on the 11th, 12th and 13th, combined you have the 11th, 12th and 13th is the South Coast GT, which is a huge event um, for Age of Sigma. Also Warhammer Fest on the weekend, and Legionary in Exeter um, on the 12th. Curtin are running a bunch of stuff there too. Um, so there's going to be lots of tournaments and, and games going on. Uh, Such a shame that that is on that day. It is, isn't it? I really wanted to go to Legionary. Yeah. So few things actually there. Firstly, South Coast GT sounds absolutely epic, and I know the tickets sell out really fast. Um, Heel and Hammer, who are the guys uh, behind the South Coast GT, um, that's a podcast. That was one that when I came back to the hobby after a few months off when I'd left Games Workshop, they really inspired me um, to to pick up and run with Age of Sigma. Um you know, I was naturally keen to get involved anyway because I wasn't really in the sort of burn my army camp. But listening to those guys and how passionate they are, so that's a really good podcast as well. To it might even know, be the, the are... podcast that seeded this podcast in a weird kind of way. Yeah, and if you know, if you want to listen to some actual sense, <laughs> it's a good one. Yes, people who know <laughs> what they're talking about. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, Legionary, well worth popping to if you're down that way. I. I've only been a couple of times um, a few years ago, so I don't really know um, what it's like size-wise and stuff now. But it was it was good fun when I went. Um, I like those shows, and I really <laughs> I was gutted really to see it was on the twelfth. Um, but hey ho! And then of course Warhammer Fest. So um, the first photo uh, that we took that was kind of in the rounds of doing the podcast was Warhammer Fest, wasn't it, dude, with those two guns? Yeah. That big plasma blast gun. So it's kind of special in a way as like a year on. Yeah, um, it is. And we really hope to see some of you guys there. Um, Dan is on about doing the the Age of Sigma uh, Throne of Skulls thing that they're doing up there. All right, yeah. So that'd be good if he does that. And I'm thinking of taking some Blood Bowl and and things to play um so yeah that that'd be ace and we're we were actually discussing weren't we doing um a bit of a recording either as the next episode or or a, a one-off special where we get some people involved that that we meet at the at the show or that we take with us some of the guys from here yep. and their thoughts so you never know you might even get on the show <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> i can be bribed um to to get on. In fact, actually, if there are pasties and diet coke for sale at the venue, quite happy to have a new co-host. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. All right. Um, that's all right, dude. So there we go. That's us. Um, I don't think there's much else to talk about coming up as well. The London GT on the eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. UK Games Expo on the 1st, 2nd and 3rd. Um, they're big ones coming up. Yep. Right. Exciting times. So there we go. Oh, and we will obviously, uh, in the next episode, you'll find out just how well we got on at the Age of Sigma tournament. Smashed. I got smashed. 
<laughs> Prediction? Okay. Pain. Absolutely battered. Well, there we go. Right. Moving on into the wilds. Um, with a hop, skip, and a jump. We'll see you on the other oh, side. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. I don't hate Balboa. I pity the fool. <laughs> Where did that come from? I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to Into the Wilds. Um, slight change on Dan's introduction of what we're going to go through. We are going to talk about Star Wars, but we're going to add in um, Blood Red Skies, and we're going to add in a Confrontation as well. Anyone would think that I get overexcited and have no idea what I'm talking about when I do No one would think that. So no, th- let's start with what actually we, we were going <laughs> Or plan to do, which is to, to sort of follow up on stars, the Star Wars Legions. Um, yeah, I I suppose really it popped into my head because I've seen a lot about it on yeah on my Facebook feed. So it's co- clearly quite popular. Clearly grabbed the imaginations of a lot of people, which I suppose you'd expect with the Star Wars IP. Um, and the the rules are actually you can download the Learn to Play booklet yeah for free. From the website, um, I was just having a look at it. So it's like an it's an alternate activation yeah. game. So like you do a unit, I do a unit. Yeah. Um, I quite like those to be honest. I find that quite interesting. Um, Epic Armageddon was like that. I used to play that. Um, so that's quite cool. And um, uh, lots of tokens. I do like tokens, dude. I don't. I'm the exact opposite. It just annoys me. Yeah, I ah, oh, I love a good token. I've sometimes considered because you get so many with Fantasy Flight games, filling my bathtub with them, just relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> on that incredible note, we should probably move on. <laughs> Maybe no, so not not loads to say on the Star Wars Legion. Only that it's been really interesting to see how popular it is. I'd be really intrigued to hear from anyone that's playing it. Mm. Um, maybe just drop us a message, you know, with your thoughts and experiences. Um, it's not one that's grabbed my my money as yet, um, but I would like to know what people think. I had a chance to look at the models. Um, it's it's funny because we're spoiled a little bit when it comes to models nowadays. Um, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, are they good? Yeah, they're fine. They are. They they look okay. Um, the plastic is not as hard as Games Workshop plastic, but it is hard. Um, it scale is odd. It's not twenty eight mil, nowhere near. I mean, Darth Vader is taller than Severin from Age of Sigma, um, the Shades by box. So I mean, they're pretty big. Um, and the standard Stormtrooper towers over an Oruk. So I reckon the thirty two mil. Although I've not heard any confirmation on scale or, or declaration that it is our scale, which will make things like the ATST quite a sizable model, actually. Um, mm. Is the detail great? It's okay. Yeah, it, it's okay. Um, the construction looks dead easy. So, I mean, all in all, they're pretty good. I think um, they're, they're far better than the um, 
the old model game for Star Wars. Uh, help me out, Dab. Hero Clicks? No. Made by Fantasy Flight. Board gamey. <laughs> oh. Something Assault? Imperial yes, Assault? Yes, Imperial Assault. Yes, there we go. Got there in the end. Well prepared as ever. Um, um, yeah. So, pretty good. I think, like I said, we're spoiled though. I mean, the plastics um, that Games Workshop produce at the moment are just mind-boggling. But um, one of the interesting things is, having said that, people are very specific about how they paint stuff. I, a couple of guys who post on our forums have uh, posted different coloured stormtroopers. I tip my hat. Yeah. Yeah. Well played. Like that. Yeah. Um, so. The next thing we're going to talk about is Blood Red Skies, which I know only that it's um, an airborne combat game and that I've only just found out, having had Dan's excitement screamed down the phone line at me, um, that they have a battle map for fields. So, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that looks amazing. I don't know a lot more, mate. It's just I went down to Big the other day and Jim has a table full of the stuff. Flipping loads of it, and it looks really nice. It's really nicely presented. Well, they did the demo, um, then, didn't and they? I, well, I don't think... I'm not sure it, they did it in the end. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I think they're going to, but I don't think they did on that occasion, um, which was a shame, a big shame. But, um, again, rules I've just noticed are available to download PDF for free, um, or at least a getting started rules booklet. Um and it is fighter combat, so there is some great games. Wings of Wings of Glory, really cool uh, fighter game. Um, and uh, obviously for dogfighting, you've got X-Wing as well. Slightly different, not very World War Two, but um, it, it is a, a dogfighting. So it's World War Two. Um, so you've got Spitfires, Hurricanes are in there, uh, Japanese Zeros in there as well. So a big range already um, as Ben's just said I got very excited because one of the mats looks amazing. Not going to be too much painting either, so it's um it's appealing, mate. To be honest, the starter set's forty quid, so that's not you know it's not ridiculous. To be fair, so I suspect no, it's not ridiculous. If I don't fall straight asleep with my iPad on my face after we finish recording, <laughs> um, I may download the rules and uh, and have a little bit of a read. Um, because it sounds good, and it again designed uh, with, with uh, Andy Chambers, um, who did Battlefleet Gothic. I mean, he did loads of stuff. To be fair to him, he's not just done Battlefleet Gothic, but he did Battlefleet Gothic, which I loved as a rule set, and really captured the stateliness of the the ships, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that kind of shows his ability to capture something with the rules. Um, he did Drop Fleet Commander as well. Um, for those that are interested, he did oh Starship Troopers miniatures game he was involved in, um, and um, so yeah, I you know I reckon the rules will be good. So I, I'm I might even check this one out, even if it isn't corn red. And um, do they make their own models, or are they are they kind of re- yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're not relying on other people? Well, it's it's Warlord Games. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Warlord Games. Okay. Cool. So yeah, grand. I mean, I've. I, What's awesome. I, It wouldn't take me much to convince me to paint a few Spitfires if I'm being honest. 
No, I don't know what size they are. I think they're quite small. Even better. But I'm not actually certain. Oh, dude. I was um in Plymouth Market um yesterday, actually, um, and they had a Star Trek Voyager limited edition Airfix or Revel model. It was about a foot long. Oh, so nearly bought that. <laughs> I do like the Star. I do love the Voyager. It's a nice looking ship. Do you know what's been getting me now that I um am able to use an airbrush to actually spray paint? Um, now I'm really tempted. I I'd love to get a nice scale, a decent size um galaxy class and do the Enterprise D. Enterprise I'd D or or E D D galaxy class D. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. Always yeah. Perhaps. I think I prefer the E. Yeah, but, you know, you, you're so wrong in so many of your choices. <laughs> I've, I'm currently re-watching um, um, The Next Generation. Um, loving that. Picard is everything that I remembered him to be. But Riker is much more of a hoebag than I thought, uh, than I remember. He is terrible. It's <laughs> absolutely terrible. But um, it has led me to crawl across to the Modifius website, which we've spoken about before, and have a look at their their models. Um, they do a fantastic range of Star Star Trek um, models, crewmen for do, for the uh, for the um, role playing game that they make, and they they are very very nice. And I'm so tempted, dude. I really am. <laughs> uh, and uh, Hendy Badge was talking about doing Star Trek roleplay. Um, he, he said, oh, I don't think there'd be anyone in the area up for it. And I was like, oh, I would totally do that. And then realised I didn't have any more time. So, <laughs> but I would totally do that. Absolutely. Do you know, the one thing that is standing in the way of me uh, pushing on with doing some um, Blood Red Skies... Can't get the flipping website to load on my iPad. <laughs> it's always a shame. Um, oh. So the last thing to talk about is confrontation, which um, is making a bit of a comeback or attempting to with Kickstarter. Um, it's on Kickstarter, it, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Everything's on sodding Kickstarter. Um, it seems to me that there's only a few companies that just release their products. They just bite the bullet, <laughs> invest the money, and release them themselves. Fantasy Flight, Games Workshop, um, Mantix—not many else. I mean, everything seems to be Kickstarter at the moment. Um, it, I don't even know how I feel about it. Do you think, though? Um, and this is just sort of come to me now. There's an element there of. Certainly, like smaller companies, now that you've got such big players, you know, Games Workshop is massive. Um, and then you've got, you know, Warlord and Mantic and Privateer Press, and they're quite well established and they have the capital to create games that are of a quality. Um, and if people are out there looking for quality, if you are like a startup, in order to get the capital, to to create something that can to compete, then really you you need to be be looking at doing a Kickstarter to raise that. Yeah, money. I I agree, and I think I think it certainly has its place. And don't don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing the whole model. I think it definitely has its place. Um, but 
there's too many stories of them coming back to bite people in the butt, like um, mm. Prodos. Even even though they're releasing some fantastic stuff now, they've just done a multi-part Colonial Marine squad that looks wicked. There's still people saying that they haven't got some of the stuff that they ordered right at the start, and I just think it's phenomenal. Um, mm. And I, there there is a bit of a... You take a big risk as a customer doing a Kickstarter, um, and I, I, I wonder how long, how much legs it's got, but it does certainly give companies a, a kind of a, the first rung on the ladder, and I think that's good. But when they're doing it for confrontation, I'm a little bit like, really? No, it's, it's, this was a big game when I, ten years ago, it, it, it took a lot of attention away from, you know, Games Workshop actually, and, um, the models and the way they were being painted, and there was a lot about it that was that was quite moving things forward. And I think now it just seems a little bit like surely if you, if it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's not, it doesn't matter how many you kickstart it. If people want confrontation back, they will pay for it. I don't know, mm. but you know, it's Kickstarter aside, it's exciting because. Um, not that I ever played it, but I knew people who did and they liked it. And I know people who did now and they liked it and they loved it. In fact, um, Marcus says it's the, his favorite skirmish game ever. So, um, and it's always nice to have more players on the field, I think, because that competition makes them all better. I, um, I never really, I remember looking it up before. The aesthetic just, I didn't, I suppose the trouble is, right? I never felt like that some of the forces were looked particularly unified, which is perhaps because it was a skirmish game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, I'm, I prefer you, unify stuff. And I, <laughs> the bases always freak me out because the angle is quite extreme, but that was just a case of yeah. loving what you know, you know, I, I think the thing that always I, put me off is, is surprising actually, because it's, it was one of the things that drove a lot of things forward is that they always painted their model in non-metal mechanics. Mm. And I think, although I might be wrong, it was that that drove the current sort of non-metal metallic thing. Mm. Um, although it's taken a few years to sort of get its legs, it's non-metal metallics in miniature painting is now a, a fairly commonplace technique. Whereas back then it wasn't. No one talked about non-metal metallics. At all when I was working for Games Workshop. It just wasn't. No. It was maybe something that was occasionally done on a Golden Demon entry that you saw and thought, what technique is that? But it wasn't, it wasn't popular. But Confrontation, they did it with all their models. Rackham were painting everything that they produced in, in non-metal metallics and not good non-metal metallics. So it didn't look right to me, but obviously, you know, as the game progressed and the models progressed, they, they sort of got better at it or the person painting the models refined it, I suppose. And, and now it's, um, it's kind of a technique to have under your belt if you're a painter. Whether or not you use it a lot is, is a different matter entirely, isn't it? But, um, but to be able to do it is certainly something that I aspire to do. And I'm sure a lot of other people do too. Mm. Man, we're kind of, well, they mod- we're off on models are nice and the paint, Painting is is real nice, and you get a lot of dudes, don't you? Yes, you just get everything. Yeah. What on the Kickstarter? Yes, yeah, good. It's, yeah, 
Yeah. I think one of the things that I, one of the, my hesitations with Kickstarter always is I don't really understand it. I go on the page and I'm like, mm. what, what's going on here? Uh, um, and <laughs> and if I pay that much, do I never get to have that other stuff, or can I buy that later, or that kind of thing? I, I'm I'm not patient enough, mate. I cannot. I just cannot deal with giving my money for something that I'm then not going to get. Oh yeah, I can't even. I'm. I even struggle with ordering something in the store. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will go next door to. Uh, and pick it up from someone I know that has it. I, I struggle with it, really do. Handing over your money for something, yeah. and yet you do it on in, you know online all the time. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? But there we go. So that's our Into the Wild. It's a bit kind of a mishmash, but there's um, there's stuff going on. That's because there's lots going on, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, certainly is. So that draws us to a close. Um, really big thanks again, and we say it every week, but we. We mean it for interacting with us on um, on social media because we love it. And um... I really like, like, I would just like to shout out again the the two P's hobby forum group yeah. that that was set up because the guys in there, it's just so nice to see it. People chatting and commenting and showing off stuff. That's really cool because obviously with the page itself. We drive the content because that, you know, it, or <laughs> you do most of it, um, putting stuff up there and, and interacting with people. But it's really nice to see a little community um, formed and, and posting in there. Yeah. Really, really cool. So please, you know, if you've had a look but haven't posted yet, and you're not sure, just, just whack it up. It would be great to see. Um, ben and I genuinely look at everything that gets posted uh, ben is much better at replying than i am um, and we are trying to put our initials in because we confuse people um, although most of my comments have got something to do with skulls blood or corn yeah, it's true so it's true it is true isn't it really or or i'm taking a jibe at uh, space wolves so you can usually tell one of my comments um, but yeah, I just just really really want to say thanks for getting involved with that. It's yeah, ace. and, and if, really if you're a listener and not involved, then yeah, please because um, I think it's a nice place and it's, it's developing into exactly what I wanted it to be, which is how we want the hobby to be, which is positive and friendly and open to everyone. So yeah, I mean that co- I think a, a key one was we put up about the FAQ, didn't we? And you read the feed. And there was no, you know, lividness or random comments. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Was, it? it was really good. It was nice and positive. Which was so nice to and see. And if people had a negative thing to say, they gave a they gave a sensible adult argument, which is nice. So thanks. Yeah, yeah it is. Because it's not about just agreeing or, or deciding you love everything that comes out. No. Um, it's just about being polite, <laughs> isn't it? It really? is, yeah. It is. So, um, on everything, we're at the Two Ps Podcast, all all one word. Um, so that's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Look us up, have a chat, follow us. We are still on YouTube. We are. Um, Not that it's... We've yet to, to do any incredible video madness, but you never know. No, I think we we might. Should we? 
post some videos from Warhammer Fest, dude. Yeah, that would be pretty ace, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Maybe we should post a video of me running off with some mini rolls down my trousers. <laughs> what? So you're going <laughs> to commit a felony and um, and post a video of it? That's... <laughs> no, no, no. I'll buy the mini rolls. I'll buy the mini rolls and we'll just set it up. Okay. So, yeah. Alrighty. So, um, we'll see you next... Well, actually, we haven't really totally decided, but the next episode... There will be another episode. Either in two or three weeks. <laughs> um, either pre or post yeah. Warhammer Fest. Um, depending on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> depending on how much noise I make in the background with my noisy chair that Ben then has to edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you all very much for listening in. Um, we hope we haven't bored you entirely or led you astray in any way. Um, with our ramblings please comment please let people know spread the word let others be bored senseless (laughs) (laughs) guys have a fantastic couple of weeks with your hobby cheers for listening bye guys